0: Hey Martyr!
1: Oh my god, hi!
0: Listeners want to know, what's going on with your love life?
1: Oh my god, don't get me started. These apps have me going crazy. I'm on there for hours, but I can't seem to find a date.
0: Have you heard of Motto? Motto is the new, no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people.
1: Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with the bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfish after catfish, and I feel like I'm always scrolling the grid.
0: Well, on Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense.
1: I love that. Sounds like my kind of app.
0: Get Motto today by going to the link in this episode's description or use invite code ZV. O-G-S when signing up. That's Z-V-O-G-S when signing up.
1: Ooh, I think I will. Motto, gay and queer hookups without the nonsense.
0: Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Go flying.
1: Okay. There we go. Ooh. Hi kids. Hello. It, it's Martyr.
0: It's e. tipper And this is we we our... Our...
1: Oh. Um The beginning I... of Pride
0: edition. <laughs> yes, I,
1: I believe so. I think we're yeah, actually on Pride. schedule this time. Happy Pride, kids. Happy um Happy Pride. It's gonna be great um this year. Um, I can just feel it in my bones. Um I can a... intro <laughs> Yeah you can intro um, yeah. okay, So we,
0: we've had some legends on the show But I think right now this is like The ultimate legend that we've had on Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like so so excited That Me she's too. here <laughs> It's Sherry Vine
1: Yay, Yay! hi Yay People
2: <laughs> 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 are gonna see this and be like Where's Sherry who's that old man Where's Sherry Vine <laughs> <laughs> What season of Drag Race <laughs> Oh my god Season zero and one thousand. Yeah,
0: zero season negative <laughs> ten. Season negative ten.
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna go over Sherry's life in this little episode, and I'm gonna just start off. So you grew up in Baltimore, and you chose to move to LA when you were younger to pursue your dreams of movie stardom. What was it like growing up in Baltimore and then deciding to head out?
2: <laughs> I you're gonna say you moved to. Ellie to pursue your dreams of movie stardom. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I uh... <laughs> mean, we'll find out pretty quickly, I think. <laughs> so growing up in uh growing up in Baltimore is not fun. I mean, I think I probably would have been miserable anywhere because I was just mm-hmm. really bullied and tortured. So um, I don't think that was exclusively because I was in the suburbs of Maryland, but um that was yeah I I couldn't wait to get out I literally was like I got to get out of here um I did go to college undergrad at the University of Maryland in Baltimore and it was um a very different experience than high school and everything before that I mean it's kind of crazy to be like you finish senior year of high school still being tortured and then three months later three months after like you know, 17 years of that. Three months later, all of a sudden you want the people want to celebrate you for the same things that people were picking on you for. And it was just kind of like, wow, like what if in the span of three months, what changed? Um so yes, that was Maryland. But after I, I did undergrad school in three years, I was like, I gotta get out of here and uh left, went to grad school, moved to LA.
0: Um so when you were in LA I am I'm guessing at your college you had Anna DeVere Smith as your acting teacher and she advised you to create your own roles that's crazy to me like having her as an acting teacher
1: <laughs>
2: it really is i mean mm. i i mean i immediately connected with her very strongly i mean i can't say we were friends because she wasn't like that person, like, oh, I'm going to hang out with my students and all, like some of the other college professors. She was very, it was business. But she really, we really connected. And she asked me to be like her assistant director for a play that she was doing. And I'd go to her house and we would work. We weren't like hanging out, but we would work. So we were very friendly. But she was amazing and awesome. And of course, she's a brilliant performer. But yes, two things that she said to me that I really listened to. The first immediately, she was just kind of like, you're gonna have a very hard time in Hollywood. You don't fit any type. So if you wanna be a movie star, just know that you're gonna have a, it's gonna be hard. You're not the leading man. You're not a nerd. You're not weird enough. Like you're, there's no, you don't fit into a type. She said, I think, I advise you to create your own work. So I said, okay. And then the second thing she said, when I, the first time I did drag, which was for a project that she was directing. And she was like, you need to pursue, you need to explore this. And I was like, okay. And at the time, my best friend from Maryland was going to grad school in Chicago, moving to New York. And I had told him all this. He's like, I'm going to write a play, and you're going to play the leading lady, and we're going to do it in New York and start a theater company. I was like, Oh, okay. So it's like all (laughs) these things that that Devere Smith, all these seeds that she was planting, all of a sudden were going to come to life, and that's literally what happened. I mean, I had my heart set on coming to L.A. to be a movie star, and now, sudden, I'm moving to New York to be a drag queen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're definitely going to dive a little bit more into that. Too. <laughs> um, oh, I ask this question for every guest, but I, I know the answer. And I think it's hilarious. Um, how
2: did you get your drag name?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, anyone who's never been to Hollywood kind of has this image of the glamour of 1940s Hollywood Boulevard. And if you've been there, you know that it couldn't be further from the truth it's kind of busted but there's something about it that i still love anyway i was performing as just sherry it was just sherry and then a friend of mine that i worked with the french market restaurant john he was like you need to drive up vine street off of hollywood boulevard because there's this building called the sherry and so i did and i saw it I was like oh my god it's like a broken down crack whorehouse Perfect. It's that was my name, Sherry Vine. That's a true story. The Vine comes from Vine Street.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: The Sherry
0: On Vine. The Sherry On Vine. Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so you moved to New York with Candace Kane. What
2: was that like? You've done your homework. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I both worked at the French market, which, uh, if you don't know, it was the restaurants no longer there on Santa Monica Boulevard that was very gay and historically very gay. Everyone there, I mean, it was just so gay. And it was the most, I had been working at the cheesecake factory, which was my first job after school. And it was the opposite of that. It was very, you know, bureaucracy. And I got fired and I went to the French market. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, you're allowed to have fun here and we just laughed and it was gorgeous and fun. I mean, there's a another side to that, which was like every week someone was dying, which was not so fun, but to work there and get to be open to gay and just like run around. And I met Candace there and we were roommates. We moved in together as roommates in LA and then we moved to New York together. And we're, she, I think she stayed on my couch for a little while and then, you know, I just saw her a week ago. We're still, after 30 years, really close.
1: Oh. I love mm-hmm. that. I love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> love kids Fam- family. 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 Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you co-founded Theatre Couture in the East Village.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Explain what the Theatre Couture is for all us young folks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we were very aware that we were not creating anything new, but I've we wanted to follow in the the footsteps of Charles Ludlam and Charles Bush, where I was gonna be the leading lady. The man was gonna play the leading lady, but it was, and you might, we might have like a little wink wink about that, but it was really just kind of like, oh no, she's this woman. Kind of like Divine in Hairspray, you know, like no, she's not commenting on the fact that she's a drag queen, she's just her mother. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was kind of our goal, but we wanted to make it a little edgier and pop culture-y um, to make it different than what people had before us done. So that's what we did. Like we took things from the headlines, Um, like we did a show called Telltale, which was a mashup of Ed Allen Poe's The Telltale Heart meets Dorian Corey passing away. And they found a mummy in her closet. So, you know, stuff like that. And it was a, a really amazing, gorgeous decade, a little bit more, um, and very successful in one way. No one ever made a penny because you're doing theater in New York City. But um, <laughs> the shows were big hits and really just fun. I really did something special.
0: Um, I just wanted to mention, because I know, I think you did like a parody of Carrie and then Stephen King approved of it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love that story so much because it's one of those things where you just think this will never, ever, ever happen. We originally, we wanted, when Jackie Beat was still living in New York, we wanted to do the musical version of Carrie, the musical that was kind of historically not successful on Broadway. Mm -hmm and they at first they were like no and then we're like okay we can talk about it and we met with them and they were loved the idea and they were actually going to let us workshop it and then jackie and i were like okay well we're gonna have to lower the songs because it's betty buckley hello and they were like if you can't sing it the way it's written and you can't sing it so that was kind of the end of that so then eric jackson who was uh our company writer and Josh Rosenzweig's the director they said well let's write Stephen King and see cuz it doesn't look like anyone has the rights to the stage version non musical so they wrote to his literary agent or whatever and got just this no so we're like okay that's dead in the water and a couple months later he gets an email from his Stephen King's lawyer saying you know Stephen's interested tell us more So he kind of explained that, you know, Carrie is going to be played by a man and this is what we've done. And we're working with Basil Twist, the genius puppeteer who's going to do the special effects, but it's not going to be slick. It's going to be, you can see the strings, you know? And he loved the idea. He loved the idea of a man playing Carrie. And so we wrote it and they approved it. And yeah, we had Stephen King's approval and blessing he couldn't come and see it um because this i think he was still recovering from the his car accident but everyone in his world did come and they all loved it and were very supportive like our champions i love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was pretty amazing literally it was like what (laughs) it was really cool and it also kind of just makes me love stephen king even more that he's just like we were the the first ones to get the rights to do the stage production of Carrie, a little drag theater in the East Village.
0: <laughs> Iconic.
1: <laughs> Honestly, really, yeah. Oh, we should bring it back. That sounds amazing.
2: Yeah. Right. I You're know. I don't know if they'll still buy me playing 16, but... Uh... I
0: think that would make it be more iconic. <laughs> yeah, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know. Also, I, I mean, feel it's...
2: like you don't age, by the way, so... Oh, you're
1: sweet. Thank you. But
2: do, but if they bought it then, then I guess they would still buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> Theater is all about suspension of reality. Mm, that's so. right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Um. So I want to talk a little bit about Performing Weekly with Joey Arias and Raven O at Bardo. Y'all oh. were very famous for that in New York at the time. Mm. You know, I don't like? think
2: that could ever happen. I know it could never happen again. It mm-hmm. was just the right thing at the right time. I mean, first of all, New York City nightlife in that period of the 90s was – and now I sound like that old Oh, back in my day, but it's true. Like there was just nothing like it. I mean, you had Jackie Sixty, Squeeze Box, Boy Bar, Bardo, and every single of the night of the week there was several amazing things to do. So Bardo was Raven O, who's my drag mother, and Joey Arias, who is you know the legend. And Joey, they had just started doing it, and Joey saw me perform. One of the first things I did. I was performing for Bastille Day at Restaurant Florent, which used to be in the meatpacking district when it was still the meatpacking district. And I was doing Edith Piaf and she's like, you need to come and perform with us. And they kind of took me under their wings and I just was able to blossom there because we were. it was, I think, might be mistaken, I think it was the only place that had like all live singing drag show, like no lip sync and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just that that's what we did. Joey's very, you know, jazz, Billy Holiday and Raven is like jazz also, but like a little more gritty and like in your face and hilarious. And I was like the little baby <laughs> singing a parodies about poop and penis. And it was, we did it three nights a week there's a line around the block to get in and every star you could possibly name came through there. And when you get to the storytelling part, I've got scandalous stories. And the reason why it could never happen again, is just because you would never have, even at Squeezebox, you'd have like Courtney Love, Debbie Harry, Marilyn Manson, Green Day, people just jumping on stage, Drew Barrymore dancing topless on the bar. Like that could never happen now because it would be filmed and around the world in two seconds. Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh.
0: We've seen that a lot, like lately with like a lot of celebrities would go to Pieces Bar
2: and like it's everywhere. Like, yeah, they're just sitting down watching a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's cool that they still go out, but the I don't think that you'd have these. You know, I remember getting. Doing shots with Meg Ryan and dancing on the sofa like it was the end of the world. I'm like, that would never happen now. No. Uh, it's like crazy. Take me back.
1: I want to yeah, go. Yeah,
0: uh, I know. We need a time machine. <laughs> I know. Uh, we need to have a
2: party where you got to check your phone. Yes. Oh. You I'm know down. someone's still sneaking in, though.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> They'd
2: find a way. Listen,
1: if that <laughs> Beyonce concert in Dubai got leaked, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right.
2: Uh,
0: Real yeah. um so the last question for this section is you went viral online with peppermint for the make me moan telephone lady gaga parody
2: what was that like going viral hmm? well it's funny because i had just started doing videos maybe a year or two maybe two years before that um jackie i had to give you know give props jackie was the first drag queen that i knew of Doing videos on YouTube. And I was like, oh, that would be fun because then I get to kind of marry my want, me wanting to do film and TV and my own content. I just wanted to do these, started doing some videos and I did Madonna and Britney. But then comes along Gaga. And if you're a parody artist, no one is giving you a bigger gift than lady gaga (laughs) you know the costumes and the looks and everything It's just like a well of material and and back then if you remember bad romance telephone the when she was going to release the video it was an event like the news would say three more days to bad romance premiere Like it was a big, big deal. It was a big event and I was prepared, honey. I had the song written. I was just sitting there waiting with a piece of paper to write down everything in her videos that we could shoot it the next day and be the first one to have something up. So Bad Romance was first and that was the first one to go viral. And yeah, it completely changed my life because even after 20 years almost of performing, in just a matter of days, more people around the world know who you are than in 20 years. Um, and it, this was right before Drag Race started also. And so I was like booked every night in a different city. It was just like really fun and crazy. And then with Peppermint, I was like, let's do this together. And we like, that whole video, if you watch it, it's shot in like five locations with so many different looks, eight dancers, Crops, just galore. And we had a budget of like, I don't know, like $500. I mean, it's just
1: ridiculous.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And funny, side note, we are performing that together in Keene, New Hampshire for their Pride in September. What? (laughs) I'm going to go. uh, They're doing a whole Last year, they did Madonna, and it was their very first Pride, and it was such a hit that they invited me back and they are doing Gaga. And I was like, oh, I wish you guys to get Peppermint, but I know she's super busy these days. And I said, they're going to call you, girl. And they called her and she said, yes, so we're doing it.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. That is so exciting.
1: Taylor, <laughs> we might have to do a field trip.
0: I'm like, we're going go. <laughs> <laughs> to go. It's you. like eight hours, but I'll get there. that's yeah, fine. That's <laughs> we'll,
1: take, we'll take the train. It's fine. It's That'd fine. be incredible. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> um on that note i think we should take our first little break and we're gonna get talking about um the sherry vine variety show in our next yes. little segment Wig. yay Wig. um we'll be right back kids Bye. Wig. okay And we're back. We're back. Oh,
0: so the Sherry Vine Variety Show premieres June 8th at TV. I guess online, streaming, apps, TV, mm-hmm. all of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, people are always uh, like, where can I watch it? Where can I watch it? And the easiest is just to go to SherryVine.com because I will have links for wherever you are to watch it.
1: Yeah, I know it's
2: like I know without TV because
0: I used to work with Hey Queen so like I know it's like different like websites depending on countries so we will you will figure it out (laughs) yes Um, so did you have any pop culture influences for this variety show it definitely gives me some Carol Burnett and like Sunny and Cher vibes
2: (laughs) well yes and thank you because I mean my biggest inspiration of course uh, that I talk about all the time is Carol Burnett I mean the biggest influence and inspiration and I kind of have a mantra of always asking what would Carol do like I'll be writing something I'm like oh I don't know why that this doesn't work and then I'd be like oh because you're not thinking what would Carol do
1: yeah. and
2: then and then it works so um yes I certainly get so much inspiration from Carol Burnett and all the 70s variety shows and then share like anything pop, Bianca Del Rio actually sent me Bob Mackey book. At, you know this huge table book of his costumes for the past six decades, and I just would like mark things like, okay, I'm going to take this, but do it, make it my own. You know what I mean? So just heavily influenced by Mr. Bob Mackey.
0: Oh yes. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Um, this. What, what's something that you got to do this season in the show that you didn't get to do last season?
2: Well, this time, you know, season one, we filmed during like during the major lockdown pandemic. I don't know how we did it or how we were even allowed or able to do it, but we did, but there were so many restrictions. So we pretty much shot on one location at PEG studios and you we didn't have a big pool of performers because it was just so much work to get someone tested every single day and approved so mario diaz was my roommate at the time and jackie we're on a bubble together so it's like okay mario you're playing all the male parts (laughs) so for season two i knew that i wanted to kind of open that box like let's have more locations let's have more performers get as many as possible um I wanted it to move faster. So I we specifically, Jack and I would sit down to write and I'd be like, it can only be three minutes. Well, no, three minutes. Let's write two sketches in for six minutes instead of one six minute sketch. So we really did that. Um, and I do think that when I watch it now, I'm like, okay, this is the pace that I like. Nothing, not saying anything bad about season one. It's just like, I wanted it to go faster. And also in season one, I only did one commercial parody uh parody of life alert and people would loved it and I uh, it was like oh we so this time we have a commercial parody in every episode Ah,
0: oh, smart
1: <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. um we watched the first two episodes and i the flow of the each episode was really good it was like really punchy and i was like on to the next thing i, I was really enjoying it i was very good <laughs> oh good thank you yeah,
2: because yes yeah, i Season one, I would watch a couple of the sketches, which is all on me. I was like, "Okay, I'm ready to move on. So I'm glad that you feel that way. I wanted that of like, oh, it's over. What's next? What kept me guessing? (laughs) I was
1: just saying it kept me guessing. Yeah, I like the flow that worked for me. (laughs) Go ahead, Caitlin.
0: Um, So we talked a little bit earlier about like you're known for writing parodies. What is your process like for doing parodies and original songs and then recording them?
2: Well, my usual process, which I definitely have a process for parodies, is I like to break it down and count how many syllables are in each line and then try to match that because I want it to be the same as the song. You know what I mean? Um, And Jackie's always making fun of me because she's like, can't you just do that in your head? I'm like, no, I I have to count. So... That's how I kind of do a parody. Sometimes I'll start with the chorus, or, and I have an idea usually that's about the chorus, the title of the song, and then go from there. And with original songs, I really just like to spend time. I'll put the music on a headset and just listen to it over and over until like a line pops out. And it's like, oh, that's what this song is about. And then once I get that, then the rest comes pretty easily. But the first song, it's in episode one, so you saw it called Grab which is kind of a rock song. My friend Barb Morrison was in LA and they said, I can come by the studio for two hours to help out. I was like, great, because we wanted to work with them forever. So we're all in the studio and they were like, well, it just mix up some words. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. No, 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 no. I need you guys make the music and then I'll take it home and spend time with it. And they were like, just make something up just for fun if you don't like it you don't like it i'm like okay and that is what i came up with like on the spot in like 20 minutes <laughs> we recorded it and it was done and i really uh, appreciate that they pushed me out of my box it sounded great Good. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
0: definitely jamming
2: <laughs> and every song is five original songs Okay, and, you know, for season one, we didn't have the money or the time. So I bought, I purchased music that was already made on Pond Five, and then wrote lyrics to that. And this time, we were like, let's do original. Markaholic did all the tracks. Each song is so different because that I wanted to celebrate a different. Uh, genre of music. So like Grabham's our rock one. We have a disco song that Jackie wrote the lyrics to called Sex in Heaven. I really, I was, I'm obsessed with Legendary on HBO. So I was like, we got to have a house. I want to get, I want to Vogue the house down Henny and have like a deep (laughs) house. So he did this track that is just like 1993 New York City house. It's so I love it. It's in the last episode. And then I have one silly song called Schlong where it's like, I need to write one song about Dick. I was going to say, what's it about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Um, So you mentioned her a little earlier, but um, please tell us all about Jackie B and your friendship with her.
2: We're not friends. I just use her. No Jackie and I have been friends we met in 1991 Aww. and I think I met Candace in 1990 Jackie in 91 and we just we just clicked immediately I mean and certainly in LA there really weren't drag queens doing what we wanted to do I'm trying to think how to like articulate it correctly but If you went to West Hollywood, certainly, it was like lip syncing in a gown and kind of like glamor drag. And we didn't want to do that. I love that. But we were like, we wanted to write our own lyrics and surround the songs with like a scene. And so it was a little bit more theatrical than just a song. Uh, We did not get to perform in West Hollywood back then. They were not interested in us at all. So we performed really at theaters and performance art spaces in the beginning. And this friendship has just endured. I mean, she's so there's no one faster and funnier and smarter than Jackie. And I think we work well together because I'll write a like the I'll write a sketch, and she is really good at coming in and punching it up with jokes. I'm not a joke writer. But I think I'm better maybe at sticking to a structure. So we work really well together in that way. And then on stage, of course, it's just I know I can look at her and know exactly where she's going, what she's where her end point is. And I could see her at the beginning and I'm like, okay, I know where she's going. And we just go. (laughs)
0: Um, On the show, you have another friend of yours, Bianca Del Rio. What's it like having her on the show and like working with her over the years?
2: Well, I've known Bianca since she moved, like the first day she came to New York. Oh, wow. And we've been friends for so long. And um, she's, I mean, she hates it when you kind of get her praise. But I have to. I mean, not only is she really been a good friend but she's like you know I've done five tours of hers opening for her around the world and that has just enlarged people who know to know me I mean it's just really kind of expanded that and because of people like Bianca and Alaska and Willem these other queens that want to work with the older queens that, that keeps us also kind of relevant so for Season one, Bianca is in every episode. We shot all of her stuff in one day and then cut it up. And it's the recurring sketch in all the episodes. And this time I didn't want to do that. <clears throat> we did Lady Cops as the recurring. So I thought I want her to be the first guest the episodes about her. She had just finished a year tour of unsanitized, was flying from South Africa to LA had like two days off before she was going in to have foot surgery. And still, I was like, girl, don't worry about it. You don't have to do this. She's like, fuck you, bitch, I'll be there. (laughs) And it was on her, like one of her two days off (laughs) in drag. And yeah, she's a good friend. I loved your interview together. You can definitely see how close you are. Yeah, she's special. And they all, I mean like, they're also these queens that have been on drag race are just out of control busy like Monet and it was the exact same thing I was like well I don't know if you're going to be in she's like Sherry I'm not saying no to you whatever you want and you know we were obviously also really good friends from industry and therapy before she was on drag race and just made it work and she's like okay I'll be there and it's only this amount of money girl I don't want your money so it was just you know um they did it out of love and all of the queens and like Varla is the only other person who is on season one and is also on season two a special guest. And it was really, really, I'm very lucky to have these friends.
0: Yeah, I, they <laughs> definitely add like something special to each episode.
2: Yeah, kind of Yeah. And we are like sincerely all good friends. And so it just makes the process so easy and fun.
0: So I want to talk about a couple of the sketches that are on. Um, On the first episode, there's a sketch about like sanitized drag queens, which I feel is like definitely like an antithesis of your drag career. How do you think
2: the drag landscape has changed since you first started drag? Well, in a lot of ways, and I think all under the umbrella of it's all good because it all it's definitely it has legitimized drag. Like, when I started performing in drag, it was not a legitimate art form. It was very fringe. And if you go to, to a drag show in New York City it was mostly gay men. And now it's completely changed. And I love that. I love that. I mean, I do a brunch show in Palm Springs, and it's 98% straight women. And I'm like, they're having the time of their life. Why wouldn't I love this? It's great. So it's legitimized drag as an art form. And then it's given more opportunity because now every TV show wants a drag queen movies like, you know, it there is a commodity to it and it has been monetized. And I remember like having a meeting at a record company in the mid 90s in New York. And they're like, well, we really like you and it's fun and da da da. But we already have there's already a drag queen who's fame RuPaul, like. There's was room for one. Mm. So that's changed. And that's great. That's great for all of us. I haven't been on drag race, but I think that drag race has kind of opened the doors for a lot of us to benefit.
0: Do you think <clears throat> you've had to kind of censor your humor at all for audiences?
2: Fuck, Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is how I feel. And Jackie and I say this all the time where On one hand, there has been a homogenization of drag. And it is then my job to keep it perverse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not interested in
2: reading books to kids. And I think it's beautiful if there are queens that want to do that. And the parents of the kids should have the, make the decision if that's okay or not, not the government. So obviously I support that, but I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely room for all of it.
1: Oh my God, Please,
2: everybody wrote parodies about poop, then it wouldn't be special.
1: (laughs) That's (laughs) (laughs) true. I
2: was like, let her go and read kids and let them do this or whatever. This is what I do. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So no,
2: I actually, if anything, in the current climate, I'm turning the volume up and making things filthy oh good
1: someone I has to do it <laughs> thank god uh-huh. Um,
0: so there's another sketch i want to talk about before we close out this section um the beauty mark cafe sketch i think it has some of the funniest like witty reads on like mm-hmm. but also like kind of reads that are a little bit too in the know <laughs> about um like um it's me ma- it, it's mainly all the drag race girls um what was that process like and what do you think makes for a
2: good read <laughs> well it's funny because we jackie and i i was like okay we'll have one out of everything on this show this season i don't want it to be all about drag race yeah or talk about drag race or making fun of drag race so it was like one And we're like, this is the perfect way. And we do mention like a lot of other queens that aren't, but yes, it's heavy drag race. And we just kind of sat down and wrote that in like 15 minutes or something and could not stop laughing. (laughs) And then the filming of it, I just, yeah, I'm very happy with the way it turned out. And the timer thing was a last minute, the counter, that was a last, last minute idea of like, oh, wait there should be something in the corner that goes ding ding every time you mention a drag queen it's such a witty like (laughs) and it's brutal it is brutal
1: y'all (laughs) went in
2: brutal and i'm not going to say who but i think and i don't know because no one else has seen it yet but i think there's only one queen who might not have that sense of humor Mm. and everyone else will just laugh
0: oh yeah Yeah, I think it's definitely like old school. Like, you know,
2: totally. Yeah. Uh fun of the people we love.
1: Uh (laughs) I was going to say, I think they were all from love. All that hate was from. Yeah, no. no, (laughs) Totally.
2: Look, I'm going to San Francisco tomorrow to do. the heck, Lena Memorial celebration. And Jackie wrote a song for us to sing. That's a parody of Maria from Sound of Music. And it's just if you look at it on paper like what is wrong with you <laughs> that you would do at her i'm like this is what she would want and it's hilarious yeah uh
1: love um I th- she would want yeah mm-hmm. she would absolutely want that mm-hmm. um i think but, on that note we should take our last little break caitlin yes we'll be right uh-huh. back with our usual wrap up wig okay Flying, and we're back. We're back. Woo! Woo. Um, for our usual. For our usual. Oh, caitlin changed the question. She usually has. I did. I, I, a I changed. <laughs> I
0: mean, how am I going to ask that question?
2: I know. <laughs> we're talking to a legend. We're
1: not asking you I'm if not... you're going
2: to be on Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> we either, we well, you know what? Yes. Let me. I can answer that easily. If I was 20 years younger, or if they had a <laughs> show. 15, 20 years ago, I would have literally, I would have crawled through glass to get on it. Um, and no, I couldn't go on. It's just so geared so young and and I love it. I watch it. I'm like, oh my God, remember being 22 and stupid. It's just, I love that. But if they did something like a Golden girl season, then of course i would go on. I want that. I've, I've been de- talking I've about that for I've ages. definitely talked
0: about that with Jackie Beat, actually. I feel yeah. like... Um...
2: We've all talked about that.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) We've all talked about it. I feel like, RuPaul, there's only room for one. But Bar Coco, I think they would all do it. Oh, they, I want to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, So what is the best advice you could give about doing draft?
2: Well, I do think that the best advice is to do what you love and what you think you're good at. Like don't, it's okay to be influenced by somebody, but don't try to replicate them or copy them because it won't be successful. So find something that you're good at, that you love, and then exploit the fuck out of it. (laughs)
0: Love that.
2: And by exploit, I like milk it, explore it, tear it apart, put it back together, like just go for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, my turn. My yeah question. You're,
2: you're
0: allowed to have a question. Yes,
1: I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> we, um, for this answer, um, Sherry, can you give us a tale from nightlife that's legendary? Um, something in the books that will go down in history. We need something juicy. That's
0: insane. That's insane. Crazy. I, I'm sure it,
1: you have plenty, but. <laughs>
0: It could have <laughs> happened to you it could have happened to someone you
2: know any of it <laughs> in my mind which one i can tell i have so many with joey so many and i have a really funny story with justin vivian bond oh uh, this one i in the year 2000 me and candace kane and shasta cola i don't remember her from new york <clears throat> she doesn't really perform in drag much anymore she's in north carolina but anyway, me candace kane shasta cola were flown to Tel Aviv to do a show and then to do a show in Jerusalem. And the show in Jerusalem was at seven in the morning because it was like an after hours party and it was just like, we're like, ugh, okay, went to bed, got up at four in the morning, got in full drag, boom, boom, boom We go to this party and it's thousands of people. And <clears throat> I met this guy that worked there <laughs> and took him into the storage room. And I was wearing this gown. I couldn't like get on my knees. So I was like, stand on that ladder. So he's on the ladder. I'm just gonna go for it. He's on the ladder, I'm, I'm sucking his dick. And there's a knock at the door and they're like, Sherry, it's showtime. I'm like, okay, I turn my head, I'll be right there. And he came <laughs> my eye. And I'm not kidding. I'm we're being billed as like, you know, big stars from New York City. And I have to go out in this gown and this massive wig with one eye glued shut and did my show. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's right. Like, are you proud of that? You know? <laughs> oh, oh, doesn't embarrass me. That's the truth. That's like Yeah. Psychotic. yeah. <laughs> Truly really psychotic on so many. <laughs> I would never do that now.
1: Before the show, before the show, before Unless her, a... the work is done, and then <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then go to work again. And then go to work right. for the show anymore. So now it's it's very very different nightlife. <laughs> that's that one for up. the books. Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, that's
0: got to be a hell of a show.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that- Books. I have so many you can't oh it's just it's oh great. I can't even imagine.
1: <laughs> I, I need a book. Absolutely. Yeah, I, love, I want the it. book. Yeah. The
2: memoirs.
0: <laughs>
1: one day <laughs> one day. <laughs> that'll
0: that'll be season three.
2: <laughs> oh my god. I told I literally You know, it was a different time because you had to go out to have a social life in the nineties. It wasn't online there were no there was no grinder or whatever so if you wanted to get laid or see a show or whatever you had to leave the house
1: yeah yeah
0: Definitely. how times have changed <laughs> have um changed. so you are doing an east Coast tour. what yes. can you tell us about that I guess both eyes will be
2: open <laughs> 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 it's called everybody's girl. I mean, why beat around the bush? Just, you know, let's get to it. It's trying to think of all these silly names. I'm like the opening song is the song called everybody's girl from steel pierce. So I'm like, it's called everybody's girl. And, um, uh, it's all new. It's 10 new parodies, a couple songs that aren't parodies, but all new, new costume, new hair. Um, it starts in key West in June and, I'm doing a tour of the East Coast in June. And then in July, I'm in P-Town for a week. I'm already booked for this show in Montreal, Iceland, like a bunch of places. So like I said, you could check the website. But and then in the fall, I'll be doing it on the West Coast.
0: Oh, nice. You're hitting up everywhere. Are you worried about like the drag bands going on?
2: Well, it's fun. I just I told someone else the story, but um I won't say where cuz I don't want to throw them under the bus, but I am booked next month in a gay bar 21 and over. And they called me this morning asking if I they were very sweet like we don't want to offend you, but can you tone your uh, yeah, tone your show down. I hope you said no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope you said no. Well, I- couldn't say, no, I feel bad because that's how scared they are. Oh, I yeah. see. But like they're, you know, they're, it's gay owned. They're gay that I've talked to the drag queen that I'm talking to. She's like, I can't believe we're even suggesting this, but we, it's on high alert and we don't want to get closed down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's just so horrifying. And I'm like, it's not even outside or, and, you know what I mean? It's inside and it's 21 and over. And they're that scared. And so that is terrifying direction for this com- this country. Definitely. Yeah. Um. No, I've, I've toned it down a little bit, but I was like, well, I ain't got a half hour of material that's, you know. Yeah. Like, well, maybe a little. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm just going to kind of do my thing and hope for the
0: best. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's boy. so stressful. Yeah. Um. But
2: most things I'm going are like, fuck that Do whatever Mm -hmm. you. Good. Good. Yeah. And then you're. The only way to get it is to get two hundred queens to get on a plane and go to Tennessee or Texas or Florida or whatever, and just like
1: take over.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Burn it down.
1: Burn it down. down.
2: Love and songs. Songs about dick.
1: Oh, is that why it burns? (laughs) Um,
0: So you're also going to going to be doing a European tour. Our audience is different abroad than in the States.
2: Not so much now. When I first started going to Europe to perform, yes. And there were some places like I remember the first time I performed in Italy. It was a huge disaster because they didn't speak English. And I'm doing, Uh, and they're just like looking at me like, what, those aren't the words. So every time when I would go to Italy, I'd have to sing, I could only do original versions, I didn't do parodies. Now, everyone everywhere speaks English. And most places in Europe, certainly they, they are really up on, you know, our street slang, lingo, like cultural references. They get it all because they watch so much American TV. Um, so pretty much, I can go anywhere and do do the show.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. What countries are you going to with this tour?
2: I am star. I'm doing. I'm going to Iceland to do Pride, and in August and in September, I'm in Montreal and Malta for Euro Pride. Oh wow! Berlin. And Vienna, beautiful, perfect. Yes, and I'm trying to book some other stuff, but that's that's solid.
0: I love that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um. Our our last question for the it's not the
0: penultimate, it's the ultimate. Uh, Yeah, I almost (laughs) said penultimate. Um,
1: (laughs) Where do you want to take your drag in the future? You know, it's funny because after 32 years, I still have
2: a list, the length of my arm of things that I want to do. And, you know, some people are like, oh, don't you get tired? What are you going to retire? I'm, I'm like, I'm not. No, I'm going to retire. I have so many things. I would love to do season three, of course. I literally have enough ideas already to do an entire season three. Um, I would love to. Next year is a Big milestone birthday for me. And I want to do a show like back to old school, like headdresses, feathers, boas, jewels, just like kind of the opposite of what I normally do, but like, you know, kick it back old school, but with dancers and just like a big, big production show. I don't know if they can realistically do that anywhere out, outside of LA or New York, but that's my dream. I would love to do a stage version of the three sisters with men playing the sisters. So, I have so many ideas of things that I would love to do. And let me just say to answer that question, I have no plans of slowing down. Absolutely. I feel like you've always been a workhorse. So, yeah, a workhorse. My roommate literally two hours ago was like, It's gorgeous out. Come sit outside in the sun with me. I'm like, No, I had work to do.
1: <laughs> oh Lordy! Um, the opposite of Mark you know, here. <laughs> yes, um, I love to be inside and not doing not anything. working. <laughs> um, That's
2: true. you and Jackie would be get along great. Oh, I'm sure like, lunch. I'm like what? no, I don't lunch. She's like, girl, you work so hard. And I'm like, no, I I like it and it relaxes me. And if I even go to like sit out the pool or whatever after an hour i literally start spiraling of like i gotta do things i should be doing things. it just i can't relax and i know that in some people that doesn't sound healthy but i'm i'm very happy
0: i mean you your body of work is so prolific so i yeah. think it's worked out <laughs>
2: thank
1: you um sherry it's been a pleasure to have you yes. on our podcast thank you for joining us
2: no, it's my pleasure. I love that you guys kind of let me
1: oh, tell yeah. these
2: rotted stories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's our favorite. Um, um,
0: I, I, I want to remind everyone that the Sherry Vine Variety Show premieres June 8th at TV. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. And you
0: can continue. <laughs>
1: uh, I was going to say, can the kids find tour dates and everything on your website?
2: Yes, everything for the shows coming up, where I'm going to be, like I said, LTV, the music, everything is on my website.
1: Beautiful. Um, Thank you again for joining us. Um,
2: thank you guys so much. I appreciate nice.
1: it. I'll, I'll see, see you. It's
2: in- a pleasure. Everybody's 14th in New York at Red Eye. Oh, yes. beautiful.
1: Love. I Love. really want to go. <laughs> Please uh, come. I happy- will. <laughs> oh yes i will I'll new york misses you very much yes I'll put it that
0: way it's true. Mm-hmm.
1: it's very true
2: i new york sometimes <laughs>
1: <laughs> um well i was martier
0: i was c temper
1: and this was
0: We Out. happy pride.
1: Happy, pride happy pride happy pride